Last summer, we read a book by Rowan Williams. Rowan Williams was, uh, was formerly the Archbishop of Canterbury, and um, Zach Thompson in particular is a big uh, Rowan fan. I think he named one of his children after Rowan. I mean, that's serious, right? That's serious fandom. So anyway, um, we read the book Being Disciples as a way to just kind of, we thought that would be an apt launch for this new rectorship. And so uh, that seemed to go well. And so we decided that for the first half of 2024, we are going to be reading this book, Being Christian, which is essentially a book about some of the sort of essentials of the Christian faith. Now, I love doing book studies in church, but I'm a firm believer that you can be part of a book study even if you haven't read the book. And so, um, but I'm curious if people have either gotten the book or had a chance to read any of it. This is not a test, I'm just curious we're kind of what, what we talk about it. So you can see it's mercifully brief, which is unusual for a, a serious theologian, um, but it's pretty accessible. And he wrote it as lectures. Uh, it was really given as lectures to uh, uh, ch uh, churches. And uh, so what he's doing is really talking about some of the basics of the Christian, f Christian faith, what it means to be part of a Christian community. And there are four kind of categories that he's talking about, baptism, Eucharist, scripture, and prayer. And so for these couple weeks, we're looking at baptism and what that says about who we are and what that means. So this is the opportunity for human thesaurus, which is a word association. So if I say the word baptize, what word association comes to you? Just shout it out. Transformation. Transformation. Water, good. Baby. Baby. Ritual. Ritual. Sorry? Chaos. Chaos, yeah, boom. Who thought that? Who knew that, right? No, yeah. Chaos is related to water, right? Chaos. Immersion, immersion right? Renewal. Renewal. Holy Spirit. Spirit. End of class. We don't need this class. You guys know all this. This is awesome. That's good, yeah. No, that's, um, all this is helpful. And a part of what you get just in that shouting out, that popcorn of associations with the word, is that it's such a rich and complex uh, theme in our tradition to understand what baptism is all about. And it's uh, clearly not just about about one thing. So I thought we would, it always is, a, uh, what I want to do today is uh, read some prayers from the prayer book, because in our tradition we say praying shapes our believing. So what we pray, I always tell people like, if you want to know what a, what a service is about, look at the verbs in the prayers, because the verbs in the prayers about will tell you what the service, what Eucharist, what baptism, what a funeral, what a wedding is, will tell you what what the intention is. And so that's the spirit of praying shapes our believing. Then I want to look at uh, uh, the story of John the Baptist and what um, what what he teaches us about uh, bapt baptism. I, I, I had I saw a meme on Facebook um, and, and it's Jesus being baptized in the Jordan River. And it's like he's seriously in the river, right? He's going to get jumped. And, and John the Baptist is saying, well, I'm John the Baptist, not John the Episcopalian. So uh, we, we, when, I, when I went to the Holy Land, we went to the Jordan River. Some of you may have, gone, have done this, although Eod uh, avoids this. We went to a, a, the place where they say that John the Baptist uh, offered. And it's like, 
it's like a tourist center. It's like souvenirs and buses as far as the eye can see. And you go down to the river, right? And there's just groups from all over. You can even get, like, it's like the water parks. You can even get your photo taken, like, like when you're getting baptized, right? And they'll show it up and then they'll put it on a placemat or a button or something, or whatever. It's just, it's just an opportunity. Jesus, I'm not sure Jesus might have cast them out of this place. But anyway, you go down to the river and there's a little ramp. You can go down to the river and you can kind of get all baptized and stuff. And we went down there just, there were a few of us just, um, but there was a group from Nigeria, like 50 people and they were being baptized and they were praising the Lord and they were singing at the top of the lungs and they were ecstatic. And it was just like, it was just this. Then a large group from Texas, a Texas Baptist group, and they were down there and they were all getting dunked and they were praising and they were singing the Lord. And up the river, I see like a guy dressed like I was dressed a few minutes ago, investments with, and he had like a little bowl of water and he was putting a little, little water. He didn't want to overdo this, right? But I, I couldn't, they were far away, but I said, I think that's the Anglican group. <laughs> I think that's the Anglican Anyway, I digress. But anyway, uh, baptism, uh, so rich as a part of our tradition. So we're going to look at prayers. We're going to look at John the Baptist. Then we're going to let you talk at table for a little bit. Um, so I wonder, so I got two prayers from the prayer book, which are on this handout. I hope everybody's got one. I think we crunched out enough. Uh, if you don't know, there's some at empty tables. But I'd love, first of all, somebody in a big old voice to read. Uh, and if, if you don't volunteer, I will volunteer you. So um, read the first prayer for all baptized Christians. Alexander, please. Grant, Lord God, to all who have been baptized into the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, that as we have put away the old life of sin, so we may be renewed in the spirit of our minds and live in righteousness and true holiness through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. So what does that prayer say about what we believe about baptism? What is baptism about? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Change. 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 Renewal. Renewal. Resurrection. Resurrection. Put away the old life. Put away old life. Pivot. Pivot. In the early church in the fourth century, a wonderful woman in Nigeria, who was a pilgrim from Spain, went and saw what they were doing in baptism in, um, in Jerusalem. And they basically only baptized on Easter vigil. Um, it was like, and you spent all Lent you spent all Lent preparing for baptism, not unlike Sarah's gonna do with folks, except you met every day for several hours with the bishop to get baptized. I mean, this was serious. But you'd come in and there were big pool, like it wasn't this little tasteful thing that we do. It was a big pool and you would be stripped buck naked and uh, take off your old clothes and go in the pool. Um, and then you would come up um, and, and, a, and the crowd would be there and they would put white clothes on you. And it was like death to life, right? It was totally this resurrection thing. And again, only done on Easter vigil. Somebody read the second prayer here. Tony, loud voice. Almighty God, by our baptism into the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, you turn us from the old life of sin. Grant that we, being reborn to new life in him, may live in righteousness and holiness all our days 
through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Okay, similar, similar prayer, but is there anything additional that we learn about baptism from that prayer? Reborn. Yeah, you know, um, we don't necessarily talk about it very much in the Episcopal Church. We talk uh, other branches of the Jesus movement, talk about being born again. Um, but that's really what we're saying is happening in baptism. A new life of righteousness and holiness. A new life of righteousness and holiness. We may have it. It doesn't say we will have it. We may have it. You're, you're, that's a possibility. Yes. That's the, that's the, the new thing you're working on. The new thing you're working on. Nancy. Talking about the verbs, it says, you turn us, whereas in the earlier prayer, it was more sort of passive. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it, yeah, that's that, interesting, that is right? Active. Is it something God does? Is it something we do? It probably is. Uh, one of my professors said it's really synergy. It's about something that we participate in and that God is active in, which is, you know, pretty awesome, actually when you stop and think about it, that that is how things work. It's interesting, right? Yeah. So, as I said, the story of John the Baptist baptizing Jesus is uh, one of the few stories that appears in each of the Gospels, which is just a little flag for us uh, to readers. Pay attention to this story. This is important. So we got four stories, so I need four readers. One to read, who's gonna read the Matthew one really loud? Okay, um, Wendy, yeah. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and uh, alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with, with him I am well pleased. Somebody read the Mark reading. Yes. We're making Andrew run around today. This In is those good. days, Jesus came from Nazareth at Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens from apart and the spirit dwelling like a dove upon him. And a voice came from the heavens. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Somebody read the Luke reading. Yes, sir. Now, when all people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And one more from the Gospel of John. Who we got? Yeah, Christina. Big voice. 
The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I am baptizing with water for this reason that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is a chosen one. So in all four of the gospels tells us it's something important. What uh, strikes you as a common theme in each of these stories? God. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved son. Anybody read the book Life of the Beloved? Henry Nouwen, best book, uh, almost best book ever. It's really awesome book, but it's basically Henry Nouwen. Y'all know Henry Nouwen, a pastoral guy, who, really great guy. Um, he wrote a book to try to talk to someone, a young college student he knew who was not sure what the cult Christian faith was about, right? And he said, I want you to hear what Jesus heard at his baptism. You are my beloved. Uh, and, and to just take that as being spoken by God to Jesus, God says that to each one of us. And so that whole life of the beloved, but that belovedness is just a huge theme that comes up in these readings. What else, uh, Alexandra? Every time right after the baptism takes place, something miraculous happens. Like There's what? a real shift. Well, I mean, the spirit of God descending like a dove or a couple of places and the Holy Spirit descending. And then God, as, as, as um, uh, Gilda said, you know, this is my beloved and God proclaiming, but there's a radical shift. You're right. not the same after you're baptized. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna, one of, uh, yes ma'am. It's uh, to me also the declaration that uh, God is, we are his, and no matter where we go, he's like always there, he's gonna be there. So that declaration that my beloved, and I'm pleased with you. Yeah, awesome, awesome. What else, anything else? Yes, Cecil. When I first looked at this uh, 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 listing of points made there, my my reaction was, uh, what are the steps that I, what are the steps that went into this uh, process and. That's not, that's not very well phrased, but what's the value added, so to speak, from one step to another? What what happened or what gift was in uh, the, the baptism that was not in a previous step? In, in, in the four different versions? No. Oh. No, and no, and the, and the steps of the, what I call the steps. Is, uh, well, that, you know, I think that's a good question you can talk about at your table. What is, what is involved in this process by which Jesus comes? Why did, one of the questions I've got, I got more questions than you got time for, but um, like, why, why would Jesus need to be, 
why would Jesus need to be baptized and what what was the process that he went in? Why did it matter to him? Do you want you want to say something, Terry? No. Well, I was going to say I don't know if baptism existed before Jesus. So, is it a Jewish tradition? How did this get started? So Jewish tradition, baptism is, a, you know, it's water. It's a ritual washing. So uh, it's it's longstanding Hebrew roots in, 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 the, in the ritual. If you wanted to convert to Judaism, there were ritual baths or, or if you were unclean and you needed to be. So it's that idea of water cleansing. The thing that was interesting about John the Baptist, I love this about John the Baptist. He said he came preaching a baptism of repentance. And he didn't talk to the people who are outside the Jewish community. He was talking to the Episcopal clergy of the day. He was talking to the in-house crowd and saying, you all, I mean, he was not shy and retiring. He was saying, you all are so off track. You have just lost your way. You're missing the point. And you need to come and be, and be baptized again, which is like, like a big statement. So his was the baptism of repentance. Um, now, why Jesus comes to identify with that is a question I've got for the pearly gates. But I think he, he yes. Well, I think he came in a spirit of humility. And what's important in all these passages is that God appears after he's baptized and says, you are my chosen one. And, awesome, right? And, and that fills Jesus with such confidence that something is very special and other people witness it too. So I think it's a very important episode in Jesus's life that that happened. It's really the launching of his public ministry. We don't yes. know quite at what age he was. After this, in, in each of the gospels, this is also, well, it's not in John's gospel, but after this, he goes into the desert and is tempted, tested, put to the test, 40 days, comes out ready to go for his public ministry. But that was really the thing that was starting it. Yeah. Speaking to the tradition of the, the mikvah, which was the purification in the Jewish temple. Sure. As I understand it, uh, it, it is an extension of the mikvah, which was right. the purification in the Jewish temple. But that tradition was very much um, within that structure. So I've always found the original baptism being in nature as a very moving part of it. That it is outside, that it is in nature, that it is Interesting. under the sky yeah. and in God's world, not in a structure. And it is kind of the old water of the world then is holy. I've always found that tremendously moving and, and in a way is a step out of the old tradition and into something new that Jesus was trying to bring attention toward. Right. I don't... And Okay, well, let me repeat. I, you're just saying thank you for that. That's very helpful to say that one of the beauties of these stories is that they take place out in, in nature and it moves beyond the structures of religion or institution. Does that capture what you're... Yeah. yeah. I had a friend down in Florida. He lives on the coast of Florida, and he's a priest. And he, he decided he was going to do baptisms in the Atlantic Ocean, right? And he's got this on video, and he's baptizing this little baby or something. And there's... It's a YouTube moment. There's this huge wave <laughs> that's right behind And he's a big guy, so he, he's, he weathered and he did hold on to the baby. But it was just like, it was a great moment. But anyway, yes? Just a quick point, too. Isn't it important manifestation of Jesus being fully human? Being fully human. Divine? So yeah. instead of Jesus being apart from us, he needs to be baptized because he's human, just like we are human and need to be baptized. 
Awesome. Great. Listen, I'm going to shut up in a minute and let you talk at table about this stuff. But I wanted to read a little bit from uh, Rowan Williams about baptism. Hold on. Let me find this. OK, this is from the book. Just if you haven't gotten the book yet and want to read it, this is a little teaser, right? And, and part of part of what I liked about this is is it's easy in a tradition like ours to think of baptism as like uh, something that sets us apart from others or like, you know, divides people or whatever. You baptize or not baptized, whatever. He says, baptism does not confer on us a status that marks us off from everybody else. To be able to say I'm baptized is not to claim an extra dignity, let alone a sort of privilege that keeps you separate from and superior to the rest of the human race but to claim a new level of solidarity with other people. It is to accept that to be a Christian is to be affected, affected, you might even say contaminated, by the mess of humanity. This is very paradoxical. Baptism is a ceremony in which we are washed, cleansed, and recreated. It is also a ceremony in which we are pushed into the middle of a human situation that may hurt us and that will not leave us untouched or unsullied. The gathering of baptized people is therefore not a convocation of those who are privileged, elite, and separate, but of those who've accepted what it means to be in the heart of a needy, contaminated, messy world. To put it another way, you don't go down into the waters of the Jordan without stirring up a great deal of mud. So anyway, I'm going to turn you loose to talk about some questions. The, um, <coughs> The question, uh, one question, I, you can talk about what you want. There are five questions, I think, printed at the back. Is this true? Yes, this is true. When I worked at St. Bart's down the road, we had a woman who came to the church from China. And she had never <coughs> known a thing about Christianity. She was not against it. She just was a, a brilliant woman working in financial world. But she had never been in church. She came to the church. She thought it was beautiful, which it is. And she said, there's something here. I don't, I don't have any frame of reference. It was such a privilege. One of the privileges of my ministry to be able to talk to somebody who was a total blank slate. Because it made me think about what do I think really matters here? What do I need to tell her about the Christian faith? So I have a question here um, that is, what would you say to someone who had never heard about Christianity, about the meaning of baptism. Uh, why would you frame it as a Christian essential to borrow words from Rowan Williams? Now you can talk about that question or you can talk about any other questions, but I've talked too long. So I'm going to let you talk at table and I hope we'll have at least a minute or two to report back at 11. Okay, go. And if you need to add, move to a table where there's more people, do so. Hey, let's do this. Let's let's uh, let's hear from each table, okay? Uh, uh, it's uh, it's almost eleven, and we uh, some of us have uh, obligations at eleven fifteen. Sarah. Our table really, in a good way, couldn't get over this idea about being baptized into chaos, um, and we thought a lot about the the. Um, immersion and swamping and, and drowning. And we talked about an orthodox baptism where the baby gets dropped all the way into the water. And, and we're just wrestling with that. The chaos. Um, but yeah. that it's also like another step in the incarnation. It's about embracing the real world as it is. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the community recognizing that they're in it and, you, and you're not in it alone. 
you're not swimming alone. There are other people there to help you, but now you're in, now you're really in it, and you hope you don't aren't, aren't in it over your head. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, so we talk about immersion. What's a synonym for immersion? Being swamped. Right. You know, yeah. uh, you know, being. Uh, underwater, you know, so there's beautiful thing about that. There's also a terrifying thing about that. Um, and it's all, you know, it all has its derivation from the language of Genesis one, where the spirit brooded over this, over the, over the waters in creation. Um, this table, anybody want to chime yeah, in? Well, yes, sir. Well, first of all, I was taken by mikvah that was mentioned here. Uh, right. I'd never known about that. And I love the idea of being outdoors. Yeah. But then we took the chaos line because Jilda mentioned that she had read the passage in the book that you quoted, as did I just last night, I think. Awesome. And it was amazing to think that when you're baptized, let's say you're purified in a sense, but also you now have responsibility. And I love getting into the chaos, which happens to us all, all the time. Right. I think uh, Zach mentioned that last week. That yeah. We have our own chaos or life things that we go through. We must go through that, be baptized and continue on yeah nice thank you so much how about that table back there anybody want to chime in from that table back there we joined in on the discussion of uh, mikvah but also we uh, i don't know if anybody else had mentioned it that we talked about uh taking communion whether you're baptized or not yeah, that's a whole other session, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what you said, so I'm sorry. But that someone else, that someone else will lead. <laughs> as a, as a, a commitment, yeah. I, would, I would say. It's a commitment yeah. to go further and deeper. I had a, a, wonder, a wonderful woman I knew at St. Bart's who, um, she was raised Jewish, but she always had a thing for Jesus, right? She just was drawn to Jesus, right? And she came to church and she began to take communion. She wasn't baptized, but it was taking the communion that led her to want to be baptized. And she just talked so beautifully about what that transformation of taking the bread in meant to her so that she would then at that point wanted to come and be baptized. So in my own ministry as a church leader, I haven't worried so much about the sequence, right? Um, this table, what do you got? Tony, go. Talk, talk to us. We, we, we had a lot of discussion about was baptism necessary? Was it necessary? And we, we did not reach a conclusion. We decided we would ask the question, and in many ways you've just answered it. Uh, but it's, um, it, it in many ways, and we just looked at the program for this today's service again. Uh, it used to be said that all baptized Christians are welcome right. to receive communion. It no longer says that. That's true. It says... <laughs> <laughs> That's which, true. Which is a broader invitation, let's put it That's that way. True. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't, I don't, well, I haven't been part of that. That's a decision that people with, uh, above my pay grade uh, make in this place. But anyway, this table, anything you want to offer? Us? Yeah. Um, we focused on the notion of uh, infants being baptized. Yeah. And we wondered, is that really the optimal time, right? Like, how could it be meaningful to a baby? Um, so we didn't really get to the answer. I'm going to give you the, the 
the punchline first. We don't know. We, we don't we, know. We didn't, we didn't get to that. But um, Abigail <laughs> and I were both baptized as adults. Uh -huh. And we talked about why we did that. Everything from our parents were too groovy in the 60s to do it. To, um, <laughs> disorganized. You know, disorganized. Mine <laughs> okay, mine were groovy, hers were disorganized. Um, and how, um, um, you know, uh, to be part of even ritual in the church, it's important to be baptized. Um, we were a little hung up on, do babies know what's going on? Ed invoked Brenda Husson, who said it's a ritual that happens to babies. They don't do it themselves, or to people. Yes. So they, people don't do it themselves, so it's appropriate to baptize babies. Um, Robert um, mentioned that he was, uh, back in the day, baptism happened when kids came to confirmation. Right. So that seemed like a, t a time of sentience when a kid could make a decision. And Tristan is the one who asked that final question, then when is the best time? And we don't know. <laughs> we didn't get there. Mostly adults, but you read like in the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, uh, you know, Paul or Peter will go talk to somebody, they'll get converted, and then it says their whole household was baptized, which I assume would have included um, infants. So I, I think it's probably uh, goes goes way back. Um, there there was it, for a long, long, long time in the in the in the Western tradition a sense that if a baby wasn't baptized and something happened to that baby, that baby was lost forever, which is not something that we. Um, it's not something I believe, and it's, it's not something we embrace. But that was an impetus for 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 like baptizing a baby in you know like. Right away. Anyway, so uh, you guys want to add anything to this mix? Two or three gathered at your table. That's Jesus said. That's enough. Yes. Do you have anything you want to add? No. Yes. Sure. Go quick. We're both adult baptisms. Okay. So we have that in common. Nice. For different reasons. Yeah. And the uh, the feeling is what we got to not the why as much as what matters to be quick but how i felt was freedom i felt great freedom beautiful and there are many ways i could interpret that freedom but one is certainly the no longer having separation from the community and from spirit i love it and i love it her feeling the feeling she described was liberation so freedom and liberation. For freedom, Christ has set us free, is what Paul says. So anyway, good. You guys can keep talking. I can't, because I got to get upstairs. But anyway, and next week, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the liturgy of baptism and what it means. So all these questions that I'm not able to answer, you can give to either Matt Marisa or Zach, who will be here next week. So write them down and save them and get the book if you want and read it. It's, um, it's uh, brief and wonderful. So anyway, thank you so much.